This is Real Housewives of the Kingdom, a sweet space where you'll hear from the hearts of fellow housewives in the kingdom of God, some just like you and some really different in various walks of life. We will talk about how God is walking with us through the good and the hard. I pray you'll be encouraged and entertained as we laugh and sometimes cry together. Most of all, I hope it reminds you we're in this together and you are not alone. Hey everybody, I'd like to welcome you back to Real Housewives of the Kingdom. I hope you are having a great summer. I know that we are. It is super important to me and my hubby to make sure we take time off and away from our regular things and prioritize time together. So I really encourage you, even if you can't get away for a long thing or um, you can't, you don't have a lot of money to spend, it doesn't matter. Just make a priority to do something fun together, make a plan. Uh, and plan it out ahead of time when you do that, even if it's a special date you're planning for the end of the month. Uh, you know, planning that out, there's something sweet and bonding about looking forward to something together. So I'd encourage that. But now I will get to today's topic, and that is the couple that plays together stays together. And I'm sure you've heard that quote, but uh, it's not just a cute quote. It is truth, and it is important tool that you can use in your marriage to keep it alive and fresh. So I'm excited to chat about this. This is something really close to me and my hubby's hearts, and so I want to dive right in. When me and my husband first were dating, before we even got married, we noticed that people who were married often would talk about things that they did separate. So they would say things like, oh, well, you know, he likes sports and I don't really like sports. Or, you know, she likes romantic movies and I don't really like those. Or I don't like going shopping. Um, and, you know, it kind of uh, just put a little check in our spirit that we noticed that once people were married, and we didn't notice it as much with people who were dating. So once people were married, they were kind of splitting off. It's like when you are dating, you do everything in your power to show the other person, hey, look, I'm like you. I'm, we're, we're so similar. We have so many things we like to do together because you want to get married and you want to be together and you, you're in love with the person. And then once you get married, all of a sudden you're noticing all of these things that you're not alike. And instead of trying to get beyond that and still bond, people often in society lean towards this norm of this kind of split off once you're married. The other thing we noticed is when we would go to people's houses for dinner who were married, they would often split off. You know, the husband would pull the other, you know, the other men away um, to somewhere different to show them something and the women would pull the other women away. And we talked about this too. We talked about this while we were still dating. We were like, I don't like, I, I told him one day, I was like, I don't like this. And he's like, I don't like it either. And so even before we were engaged, we made a pact. We were like, we don't want, when we get married, we don't want to do this. We want to do things together and we want to enjoy things together. We don't want to stop dating each other. We don't want to stop trying to enjoy 
each other and the things that each other likes to do. So, and, you know, impress each other. We still like to impress each other. So we noticed that there were friendships that were kind of causing us to be separate from each other, uh, spend more time away from each other than together, whether it was uh, while we were hanging out with another couple or whether it was uh, separate from each other, activities and things, invitations to things, that we would make those friendships bottom, bottom of the priority list because we really wanted to make sure that we were prioritizing our marriage. The Bible is really clear about the fact that it goes God first, then your spouse, then if you have kids, your kids come next, and then after that is everything else, career, um, ministry, and friends. All of those things fall below the importance of your marriage. So we, uh, we really loved, so in Matthew 19, four through six, Jesus says, and he answered and said to them, have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So then they no longer are two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. And we felt like those words that Jesus said were pretty important and that we were becoming one and we wanted to make that a priority in our marriage. You know, and I think that society has painted a picture showing that this is how this just it's just how it is you know that's just how a man is that's just how a woman is that's just how marriage is and and i think you know it's easy to fall into what society's saying but um but it's definitely a uh, a reason that i think uh leads to sh- drifting in marriages and i think it's a reason why right now so in the us as of 2020 50% of marriages ended in divorce and I doubt that those people who got married were like, oh yeah, I'm getting married because eventually I'm going to get a divorce. I mean, I'm sure not a single one, not a single one thought that or hoped that, you know, you don't have to follow along um, with society. I assume if you're getting married, you would like to stay that way. And you know, you can want something, but unless you put intentionality behind it, um, it's not going to change. You can say, I'm getting married and I want my marriage to be good. But unless you do the things that will lead to a healthy, thriving marriage, you will likely end up with the 50% that did not stay together. And that's sad. And it's one thing, I mean, I'm, as you know now already, I am super passionate about marriage and encouraging marriages because I don't think marriage is hard. I just think it takes intention. So I believe that if you put intentionality behind your marriage to want it to be together and use the tools that God gives you in your marriage, that you can have a marriage that is fulfilling and joyful and all the things that God called and created marriage to be. 
And this is just one way we chose to be intentional about the health of our marriage. You know, and one of the things, so just to give a few examples of things that uh, we did um, to kind of do together that were kind of societal norms. I mean, let's take action movies, for instance. I, um, I liked action movies okay, but when we got married, I would say though, if I had to pick, you know, I would have picked the romantic comedy or, you know, maybe the drama um, is just kind of where I leaned personally. But my hubby loves action movies. And when we kind of were talking about these things of like wanting to do things together, I didn't, I didn't want him to go to a movie with his guy friends and me to go to a movie with my girlfriends and us not get to experience it together. And so we both began, and I feel like we both did it at the same time, but we both began to do what the other one wanted to do. So we would take turns picking movies. If he wanted to go to an action movie, we'd go to an action movie. If I wanted to go to a romantic movie, he'd go to a romantic movie. And the cool thing about that is it also uh, created a time for us to be able to talk about it. So not only first were we selflessly going and doing the thing that our spouse wanted to do, but then when we got done with it, it was something we had spent time together and it's time you know, holding hands, snuggling while you're watching the movie. And so that's always good and, you know, marriage building. And then not only that, but it also created time for us to chat about it. So we'd get out of the movie and maybe we'd go to dinner or we'd just be driving home from the movie theater and we would chat about the storyline and chat about what we thought about it. And it just created kind of more things to talk about and think about. And then not only that, it created memories that we remember when we see, you know, clips of that movie or whatever. That is something we did together and not with anyone else. And of course, sometimes we do go to movies with other couples and that sort of a thing. And I have gone to movies with my mom or my sisters or friends, and he has gone to movies with guy friends, but generally it's because one of us has something else that we're doing. Oh, so I have a baby shower or, or a bridal yeah. shower or you know something that he wouldn't necessarily go to. But the point isn't necessarily that uh, that you're doing, that you don't ever go out and do things like that. It's that the majority of the time you are spending time together and that you're not falling into the lie that you can't enjoy something he enjoys. Another thing that we um, that we did. Uh, so I, I'm t I'm not terrified of riding bikes, but I rode bikes growing up as a kid. But I don't like to go fast. So I I get really scared when I go fast on a bike. If it's a hill, I break going all the way down. I just don't like it. And when we were dating, my hubby mentioned that he would love to get a tandem bike. And I thought, that sounds awful. That sounds so terrifying because then I can't totally break. I'm not in control. Uh, there is no way. There's no way. And so I, this was something I kind of held out on. And then as we were married for a long time, like, I, gosh, I guess maybe like it was about 15 years, 
15, 14 years into our marriage, something like that. I just had the thought I was looking for something for him for Christmas. And the thought popped into my head, tandem bike. And I think the Lord put it in my head because I think he wanted me to be okay with it because it was something that was seemed fun to my husband. So I bought him a tandem bike and, you know, it was this most giant box, wrapped it huge, leaned it up next to the wall by the Christmas tree. Um, and he was so excited when he opened it. And let me tell you, if you want a marriage bonding experience, get a tandem bike. And I can't say that it was not terrifying at first, especially where we live. We live kind of on a hit, like we have a hill that goes down. Um, and so the first time we rode it in our neighborhood, I, I broke all the way down. You know, I like was hitting my brakes and he was like, stop hitting your brakes. So anyway, so we had to learn how to kind of communicate on it. But once we kind of got the hang of it and we also ride it down by the beach a lot now, but I realized it was a great time for us to be able to chat while we're riding this bike. And when you're on a tandem bike, you can hear and chat with each other a lot easier than if you're on two separate bikes and uh, even riding next to each other. Because often, especially at the beach, you have to you know, move over for people. And so I've actually found that I really love the tandem bike. And so that was just another thing that uh, that I was obstinate against at first that he wanted. And I thought, no, you know what? I need to, I need to do this. God is putting it on my heart to do it. And I'm so glad he did because it's definitely been a bonding experience for us. Also on vacations, when we first got married, we honeymooned in Paris. And obviously that was not a lounging by the pool kind of a vacation. Um, and we discussed going different places, but we both did really want to go to Paris. Now, I my husband is redhead, so the sun doesn't agree with him uh, as well as it does me. So, uh, I But I do, I grew up with a pool in my backyard. I like lounging by the pool. I like tanning. I know that's terrible, but I like all of that stuff. But my redheaded, fair-skinned husband, um, those kind of activities uh, could be dangerous for him. And it doesn't mean he doesn't do it, but uh, you know, he just has to be a little bit more careful. And we landed on going to Paris, which is super exotic and wonderful. And um, we explored, that's what we did the entire time. We did do a couple little tours, but for the most part, we walked and we talked and we ate and we just took the city in and I loved every minute. And so I fell in love with adventuring and that is what my hubby loves to do on vacation. Now, I still like to lounge by a pool uh, every now and again, and he knows that. And so he makes sure to make time for that kind of thing for me. So we love going on cruises and he'll sit with me on the deck chairs. I love sitting in the little deck chairs, like on the level where they have like the running track, um, that face out. There's these like vintagey wooden chairs on the Disney cruise ship that I love. Uh, we've been on a couple Disney cruises and they're amazing. Um, and I love sitting on those chairs and just like watching the ocean, which is great because it's not out in the sun, so it's good for my husband's skin, but it's, but. Hard, it's hard for him. It's not easy for him to sit there. He 
loves to get out and do stuff. Let's go do an activity. Let's go take a class. Let's go do something, you know? And, um, and I know he loves that, but he also knows I love the relaxing side. And while I know there are many couples who choose to divide and conquer on a vacation, the, you know, if someone likes to go do something and do activities, often I hear of wives who still sit by the pool and read a book while their husband goes and does the activity he wants to do. And it's just not how we've decided to do our marriage. We don't do that on vacation. We always do everything together. If we're going on a vacation together, we do things together because that's what it's for. And you know, it's, again, it's not that we don't have our preferences, it's just that um, we've learned to, to enjoy each other's preferences. And now, you know, we've been married uh, almost, let's see, in uh, next month, we've been married 19 years and you know, over the years, implementing this in our lives day in, day out, uh, and on vacations, and when we go and do things, now we we do really enjoy doing the thing the other person loves doing. And part of that is because we love making each other happy. And so there's, there's just this piece of that that uh, not only cultivates togetherness, but it also demonstrates a selfless heart to your spouse and to their happiness, which is awesome. In Mark 9:35, Jesus said, he sat down and called the 12 and said to them, if anyone desires to be first, he shall be last and of all and servant of all. So that is Jesus' example. And I think it's funny because I think that people often use this scripture about Jesus saying the last shall be first and the first shall be last, um, you know, and talks about serving people. So many times our spouse is the last person that we think about serving when in fact our spouse is the first person God calls us to serve on this earth. It is our number one ministry that we do first and foremost. And so it's interesting because I think the enemy just kind of has a heyday and gets us distracted and we think about serving other people and, you know, just because we love our spouse and we know they love us, sometimes they get the shaft and it's just, you know, we're all human. We all make mistakes, but it's something to be cognizant of because we don't want them to get the shaft. We want them to be served. We want them to be the first person that we serve day in day out because that was Jesus' example to us. Now, when we were first married and started implementing this, this wasn't necessarily the easiest thing. As you can imagine, anytime you begin something like this where it directly goes against kind of the enemy's, um, the enemy's pushes in society towards you know, marriages being separate and people being at war with each other and that sort of a thing, there is going to be pushback and you can expect that. So when we first got married, um, I remember, you know, we have a lot of friends who were still single. I mean, I was 19 when I got married. So um, we had a lot of friends who were still single and I had a lot of girlfriends who would have these sleepovers like, oh, we're all hanging out. We're all doing sleepovers. Well, I... Once I was married, well, first of all, I was like, I don't 
want to sleep with your ass. I want to sleep with my husband. That was my initial thought on it. But I remember talk. I remember getting invited, and I remember my husband talking with me about it. And I was like, "Babe, I don't want to go." And he was like, "Okay, you don't have to go." And I was like, "I just I don't want to do things like that." You know, and he said, "Well, you know, you could always go for a couple of hours and then come home." There were, you know, there's options like that. But that is another thing is that we don't do the away nights unless it's absolutely required. It's just a, another thing we've chosen to do that feeds into our marriage. Now did we didn't lose friends per se with this sort of thing and also like i was saying earlier how we had prioritized to um you know keep friends who seemed to always want to push us apart um at a lower priority so because we did that there were definitely people who um you know it wasn't there was no big falling out but eventually you're not hanging out with those people anymore as much, even or, just because of their season of life. Once you get married, it's different. And it's different than your single friends. And your priorities are different than their priorities. And that's okay. And it doesn't mean that you're not a good friend. It just means that life is different. Your priorities have changed. We definitely saw, though, the people who would continually invite us separate. And as we kept, you know, oh, no, thank you, but, you know, would you guys want to come over to our house, you know, for dinner? Or, you know, we would you know, give another option to try to spend time with these people, but often they were just very focused on the same thing they'd always done, which was hanging out separate and that sort of a thing. So I want to encourage you that if this is something that you really start to implement, that you will likely get some pushback from people, and people will likely say, oh. you're not a good friend or that sort of a thing and the enemy might whisper that lie to you telling you you're not a good friend but serving your spouse first putting your marriage first making sure that the person that you spend the most time with is your spouse uh, will enrich your marriage i guarantee it and you know for us it it's super important I mean, we take it really seriously, our marriage and what we do day in, day out to uh, enrich it and to feed it and watch it grow. Every marriage is different and every schedule is different and people who have kids, obviously, you know, if you have a brand new baby, you have to feed your baby. You can't tell the baby to sit there and cry while you spend two hours with your husband. That's not feasible. But... Once that baby passes that stage where they absolutely need you all the time, your priority absolutely should be your spouse. Just work within your schedule. So whatever your schedule might be, and different times have been different uh, for me and my hubby. Like, you know, for the last few years, he's actually worked at Disney Imagineering. And so he had a normal, uh, well, mostly normal schedule where he was working Monday through Friday. And that was the first time we'd ever had that in our marriage. When um, we were first married, we worked together. So we spent, so not only did we try to make sure we spent our free time together, but we also worked together, which um, we loved. Um, and um, I know not everybody loves that, but, and that's okay too, but we loved it. We've gone through different seasons, you know? So like the last few years with him being a regular schedule and being gone more often, um, you know, well, first of all, it was even more priority for us to say, 
okay, we're going to make sure we spend these these days, this day together, Sunday is our day together, or whatever. We're going to make sure we go do something just us, not booking out the weekend with loads of activities that include lots of other people before we make sure that every week we spend time together alone, that we do something marriage building uh, together. So, uh, so just work with your schedule, whatever it may be. Don't feel like you need to, um, you know, model yourself exactly after, uh, exactly after how we do it. But it's just this concept that to keep, keep your marriage together, to keep the things you do together. I don't know if you listened to episode number one that I had. I interviewed my really good friend, Jamie Miller, and her and her husband have been married for 23 years. And we discussed, and they've been together since they were 10 and 11. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and give it a listen. Uh, It's really good. She gives some really great marriage tips and uh, is just kind of real and raw about how it how it was being in love and like with your husband since he was 11. (laughs) But anyway, she and I talked about how we change as people. So many people, they split their marriage because they're, they say things like, oh, well, you know, he's not even the same person he was when we got married, or I'm not the same person I was. And that's true. I mean, we grow and change all the time. We're always growing and changing. And that's a good thing. You know, God is working in us. We become different people because we get new experiences and that makes us different people. God also gives us the tools that we need to be able to stay bound together in our marriages despite growing and changing. And the way to do that is to make sure you are doing life together. You don't want to wake up after you're retired and look at your husband and go, I don't know him. I don't even know who he is. And think, gosh, I don't even, or, you know, when your kids move out, life changes. And we go through life changes all the time. You know, we don't have kids, but um, I have three younger siblings who were still kids when we got married. Uh, And now they're grown. Some of them married kids there and life is different. I mean, life is different than it was when my husband and I got married. They were our priority uh, after each other. You know, we did a lot of things with them. We saw their soccer games and their volleyball games and spent time with them because that was important to me. And I told my husband that that was important to me. And, uh, And he did his best to make sure that was our next priority. And I'm glad we did it. Now, they're married and they have their own priorities and they have their own families and I'm not their priority and that's okay. But life changes. Our schedule has changed. The priorities have changed. So just making sure that you prioritize your time together with your spouse can be a huge, huge asset in making sure that as you change, because you will change, that you change together. And kind of like I said before, there will be events that you don't do together. For instance, my husband, he likes doing woodworking stuff. He has a workshop, a little workshop in our backyard. He loves building things and he loves doing that kind of stuff. Um, And, uh, you know, I'm doing this podcast and I love encouraging marriages and doing that kind of stuff. 
and um, and he obviously encourages marriages with me as well. But uh, but we so we do have some things that we do a little different. Or when he's out doing yard work, I'm generally inside cleaning the house or working on things I need to work on on the computer or doing our bills or whatever it may be. So there are going to be times where he's doing something and you're not doing it with him or you can't do it with him. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you just want to make sure that the amount of things that you're doing apart doesn't supersede the amount of things that you're doing together. If you're looking at your marriage and you're thinking, man, I've spent loads of time with my friends, with the kids, doing all these activities, but I can't remember the last time I sat down and had a conversation with my husband. I would really, really encourage you to just sit down and make it a priority. You know, I would say this week, I would encourage you um, to sit down with your spouse. And if you've never had this conversation with your spouse, I would really encourage you to sit down and have this conversation this week. Pray about it first. And I can't tell you that it's gonna go great because it gets comfortable when you when you start to do things separate, it gets comfortable. You kind of get into a groove of things. And so you definitely, if this is something, if you want to enrich your marriage with this tool, I would encourage you to first pray about it. Pray that God would you know, go before you, soften your husband's heart as you talk to him about it and say, hey, I, you know, I'd love to do more things together. You can say, hey, you know, next time you're watching a game, I'm going to sit down and watch it with you. You don't even necessarily have to discuss it with him first. I mean, you could sit down and do something with him and get to know the things he loves. If you don't already know the things he loves, get to know them. And I think it's just the juxtaposition of how many, how much time is spent apart versus together. So if he watches one game a week for one hour while you are, you know, playing with your kids or doing something, you know, or you're going to get a manicure or something, that's really not that big of a deal. But if he's spending hours and hours a week away doing that or even golfing, whatever it may be, I would really encourage you to try and do something that he loves to do. And in the initial, if you want to have this conversation and bring up the fact that you'd love if he came and did stuff with you, you might need to lead the charge. It might not come easy, especially if you're used to doing things different. But uh, I do believe that this will greatly encourage your marriage. And I think that the uncomfortableness or the kind of adjustment period that you might feel as you kind of work towards this, which I guarantee you there will be pushback somewhere because there will be, because the enemy doesn't want this. God created marriage to mirror his love for the church and what he did for us, his bride. So anytime you prioritize your marriage, the enemy's going to attack you. The enemy's going to give pushback. And I would just resist the temptation to fall into the societal responses of, oh, that's just how it is. That's just how marriages work. Because I mean, if you want a marriage like society has, you know, then, then, 
do marriage like they do it. But if you want a marriage like God designed, one that brings you joy and that brings you fulfillment, then I would really encourage you to have this conversation with your spouse and talk about what things you could do together that you could learn to like the things that they like and they could maybe learn to like the things that you like. So that is my heart for this episode. I just, I know it is it is kind of an odd thing and I, definitely my husband and I have gotten people are like, oh, you guys are crazy. You do everything together. You know, I like my time apart. Uh, we don't. We really don't. Um, we really enjoy spending time together. And he is my number one thing, person that I want to be with, be talking to in this entire world. But that doesn't mean that I don't have other people in my life that I pour into or love on. And it doesn't mean he doesn't have other people he pours into and loves on. But if you're married... The two have become one. It should look like that. It shouldn't look like you are roommates living in a house and sharing the bills and the responsibilities to make sure the household runs and your marriage just crumbles by the wayside. So uh, please consider my words. Please pray about them. You can uh, look up all the scripture I talked about. Uh, today and I'm going to put both of those scriptures in the show notes so that you can uh, take a gander at them. Okay all you housewives that's it for today. I'm truly grateful you joined us. If you know anyone who would be encouraged by this episode you can easily share it by taking a screenshot and adding it to your stories or feed. You can also text it to a friend. New episodes are uploaded every other Friday. Be sure to subscribe so you can catch them all. You can find and interact with me on Facebook and Instagram at Married Rogers Neighborhood, as well as my website, which I linked in the show notes. If you enjoyed our conversation today, it helps so much if you could take a second to rate and give a five-star review. It really makes a huge difference for me in the podcast. Just remember, we are in this together. God loves you, and you are not alone. See you next time.